Welcome to Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a podcast that aims to raise the profile of school libraries by talking about topics that are current in the school library world. Today, we're going to talk about the essential role of school libraries and librarians within, within education. And I want to welcome special guests, Sean McNamara, CEO of Silip Scotland, Dr. Dorothy Williams, Emeritus Professor from Robert Gordon University, and school librarian, Anne Diaz. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I think we should start with an introduction, um, with an introduction from yourselves, telling uh, us a little bit about your roles in school libraries. So, Sean, can I start with you? Hello, Elizabeth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm Sean. I work for Silip Scotland. Uh, we are the professional body for, for librarians uh, in Scotland and affiliated with Silip, the, the, the body for, for the whole of the UK. Um, my my role with uh, in school libraries has always been to, to support our members that work in school libraries, uh, whether that be through professional development or advocacy. And certainly in my time at Silip since 2013, um, advocacy has been a big part of that, um, you know, ever, ever since the 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 events of, of 2008 that led to, to a lot of, of austerity and, and budget reductions. We, we've been fighting the fight for school libraries over the years in, in different ways that, that I, I can talk more about, but certainly through different strategy groups and, and different petitions and, and, and organising campaigns um, leading through to the, the, the national strategy for, for school libraries in Scotland. And, and obviously with the, with the current threats to school libraries, we are very much back on the, the advocacy road and, and trying to, to, to fight for school libraries. And as well as supporting closely all our members that work in them and our networks, such as the wonderful SLG Scotland. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Dorothy, can I get you to introduce yourself? Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. And thank you for asking me to be part of this discussion. Um, yes, as, as you said, um, I'm an emeritus professor of information science at Robert Gordon University. But what that title masks is the fact that the vast majority of my own research has been in some way connected with school libraries over the years. And when I say over the years, I mean since 1983, which is when I started my first bit of research on school libraries, when life was very different in school libraries. And we were talking about microcomputers. <laughs> anyway, yes, over the years, I've I've certainly been very heavily involved in research about school libraries, um, and that includes research into teachers as well as students in schools and teachers information literacy was part of something one of the, the studies we did. I think probably the most what I feel the most important research has been for us here in well in Scotland but also around the world where I've talked about it is the the, the studies we've done over the years first for DFES in England and Wales many years ago, 20 years ago, and then latterly in Scotland on two occasions where we actually reviewed critically the available evidence of the impact of school libraries on learning and, and so on. And I think, I hope that that research has been something that's been really useful to the, the profession and, and supported campaigns up here. So that's my background. And although I'm now no longer a full academic member, so I, I have an emeritus position, it's honorary, but I still, I'm pleased to say, I'm, I'm invited to speak to our postgrad students every year about school libraries. And I regard that as a very important part of my work. Absolutely, I'd agree with you. I, you know, I think it's, it's uh, you know, I, we will probably come back to it later in the conversation but that link between school libraries and teachers and how important it is for them it, it is without question one of the links that we really need to make isn't it 
Um, uh, Anne, can I get you to introduce yourself? Hi there. Um, thanks for organising this, Elizabeth. It's great to meet Dorothy and obviously know Sean and yourself. My name is Anne Diath and I've had, I hate to say, nearly 30 years in school libraries, working in Glasgow, East Renfrewshire, and now in the independent sector. Uh, the changes have come for various reasons, but the last change came because of cuts in 2016. And when I decided to go back into schools, I found a number of the same problems had continued, unfortunately. So I joined the Great School Library campaign. I've been in phase one of that, and I'm now in phase two. And at the minute, I'm involved greatly with trying to save in any way possible the school librarians who are under threat through councils in Scotland. So I've uh, been in touch with a number of councillors, MSPs, MPs, and I expect, unfortunately, that will continue. But today it's a nice change because I'm able to air the positives that school librarians can give amongst people who understand. Absolutely. <clears throat> so thank you. Um, so let's start with a very easy question for all of us, I think. What difference do school libraries and librarians make to the lives of young people? Can I go to Dorothy to start with? You said it was an easy question, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think personally for me, this goes to the heart of what it's all about and has to be at the heart of any arguments we put forward uh, to people who are making decisions about school libraries. Um, I think this is where I always fall back on the research. I have to, because we've got many, many years of research evidence from around the world. A lot of it from the States, some from Australia, other countries involved, but large quantities of very steady research for more than 30, I think more than 35 years worth now of research, large scale studies, whole states involved, looking critically at the links between school libraries and in, in most cases, learning and attainment. Um, but if you, if you move from learning attainment to the impact that makes on the child's future, I think the, the links are fairly clear. And I have to say that and this is the kind of research we were reviewing in 2013 in our report, but it's continued to come out since then. Um, and that research, the, the large studies where they're correlating test results from standardized tests in, each, in a whole state situation against school library provision, they, they, there are some extremely clear messages and they're consistent messages over time that school libraries make a difference to a, a positive difference to attainment and helping they're associated with increased attainment, not only in reading and language arts, but also in some subject areas, they've tracked those. What, they've what each state tests for is different at different stages, so you can't lump it all together, but there is a consistent message that the presence of a school library means that young people attain higher performance over their academic life, or their school life rather, um, that they contribute to not only their ability to pass tests, but we've also got evidence from 
quite large-scale work that people like Ross Todd have done in the States in the past of the impact on what we'll call learning skills and information literacy, um, the ability to learn independently, to understand how information works and use it to develop your knowledge base. Um, and latterly, although we don't have the same levels of really strong big research in this area yet, that will come, it started to come through, but well-being, um, the, the library's role mm -hmm. in well-being, we know that it's always been something that libraries have been able to provide in terms of a safe nurturing space. Um, we're needing more research in that area to show the actual impact. But nevertheless, pe people like Margaret Merga in Australia are now really seriously tackling the research base that will tell us how the library contributes to well-being. But even the small studies we've got tell us, talk to us about things like confidence, self-reliance, um, self-esteem. Um, these will all be having impacts on well-being, on health of young people. So we've got research that tells us an awful lot about the positive benefits of a, shall we say, a good school library. Um, and those benefits at school age level will be the things that connect with where that child goes next, their ability to learn continuing through life, their ability, their openings to higher education, um, confidence in the workplace. These are the sorts of things one would expect to spin out from those achievement levels. So really we should have no doubt in our minds and can have no hesitance in providing that evidence to decision makers that school libraries make an impact, not just on the school, but on the child. And I, I think for me, that's a really important thing to bear in mind. Absolutely. I, and I think as well, those those the, the recent um, worry about things like chat GPT coming along, coming along, especially for those schools that that are working with, um, you know, teaching to the test. I, I do believe that actually there's an opportunity for school librarians, particularly in in helping that critical thinking and and engaging more within the curriculum in ways that schools maybe haven't thought of before and i think this is you know we're 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 at a at a time in history i think which is really potentially quite exciting because it's going to open the world to um not just having to teach to the test you know allowing children to think for themselves um moving them forward and school librarians having had all always done that it's going to make such a, a an impact and a, and a positive one in in ways that we've not thought of before um sean what can you add to that that was such a good answer <laughs> yes I, I can't talk that and, and certainly dorothy uh what what she mentions around that research is still so important to, to, to our advocacy and, and and i'm really looking forward to seeing some of the other other research coming through because to provide that evidence base is incredible but but we you know, through our work all the time, see that unique role that the school librarian has. And I think you're quite right, Elizabeth, it's it's that ability to do something that, that no one else in the school really can, whether that be navigating new technologies or just simply creating a safe space um, 
supporting a team and um as as a key role supporting the curriculum throughout but also just providing access to reading for pleasure which which i, I don't think is necessarily going to be found elsewhere uh we've seen a number of school librarians win school librarian of the year in in, in past years um from scotland which has been wonderful to see uh, i think when when this year's uh, or last year's winner uh derek de france what won it um, what what was highlighted was how how he empowered students to start their their own, whether it be clubs or their, their love of literature, and that role is really empowering um, pupils in a way that, that, that maybe it might happen elsewhere in the school, but without it, without the school librarian playing that unique role, providing that equitable access. Uh, we saw it during the pandemic, school librarians came to the fore, they, they provided uh, online book clubs and a whole range of other activities that really supported pupils in, in, in that pastoral way that, that maybe wouldn't happen elsewhere. You know, it certainly can't be replaced by a book vending machine or, or you know, or, yeah. or even teachers. You know, I, I certainly would, would never, um, demonize a teacher that has had to take over a school library because there's no other choice but you know it should not happen and it would not do the same 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 service or, or pupils you know the, the school librarian is a skilled role and and all the different things that they do are just too important to lose i think if you look at any independent school you know they staff their school libraries well they fund their school libraries well that says it all you know that shows that you know when the money's there it's one of the things that that, that, that gets well supported and well resourced and and therefore should happen everywhere Absolutely. I was just talking to a head teacher the other day, Peter Middleton, who who, yeah, private school set up is one of the first things he did was was make sure his school library was functional and and working well. And, and it does take money. Um, can I bring Dorothy back in? Yes, there was just something I wanted to say in response to, to Sean mentioning reading for pleasure. And. I think the the one thing we know from UK based research and the National Literacy Trust research is that that encouragement to read for pleasure is going to have an impact on academic achievement because they have tracked and shown the link between children and young people who read for pleasure and their, their, their attainment in subjects like maths, which is you know not the most expected knock-on effect, but it, it is such an important part of the role. And I think, it, you know, again, as, as Sean said, not something that can just be easily taken on. I'm sure later on we'll talk a bit more about why it is these things make a difference um, um, and how how that impact works. But reading for pleasure is is a really important part of it. And I, I'm not sure I would agree with you, however, that all independent schools staff and fund their libraries as well as they could. I know of examples they could do better, but let's Absolutely. leave that on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And one thing that Sean said, and I need to pick up on, is the, is the fact that, you know, when School, when teachers do take on the role of the school librarian through usually no fault of their own, you know, we know how busy teachers are, you know, actually expecting them to do another professional role alongside their own is is just unbelievable. And and neither roles are going to be done as well as they can. So, you know, I, I think what we need to raise awareness of is that if you are asking a teacher to take on the librarian's role, how can they possibly do their teaching role as well? Um, but that's just something to think about, uh, you know, in the, you know, in the big ether of this conversation. Anne, you currently work in a school library. Um, do you 
do you 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 obviously see the difference it makes um yes yes i i'm lucky because i've also crossed sectors and i've had experience of working in primary secondary and now independent and i would say the difference is amazing really especially through the pandemic we offered in the independent school i work in in glasgow a service for pupils where it was possible they could come and collect books, but also the library was open. And we had quite a lot of pupils who had to book to come in, but they wanted that change of space. They wanted a safe space. They wanted to see other people. They wanted to kind of get their lives back. And the library was able to give them that experience. And I really think that's incredibly important. We don't really know what goes on behind the lives of so many of the pupils in our care. All we can do is be there for them to help them cope with the reality that they are in today. And that's ever changing. The school librarian is so well qualified to do that because they link with all agencies within the school, with other school departments, outside agencies, and general pastoral care. If you take the school librarian away, there's nobody to do that job. Um, And I think really school librarians work with so many pupils. They're the ones that get to know the most pupils in the school, aren't they really? Because they're seeing them coming for regular reading trips to the library, maybe author events that the librarian has organized, um, interdepartmental, work done through Curriculum for Excellence, for example, and also working with other outside agencies such as careers officers, um, people coming in to give talks, and even those who are wanting to return to their, their old school and find out how their old school has developed. I've seen quite a lot of that in both, in both sectors, in fact. It is quite incredible, the vast amount of different areas that the school library touches. And it that it brings me on to my to my next question quite easily. <laughs> um, is that is that do you know what happens when a school library closes their doors? I I've written several articles, um, one a couple, uh, was it just last Christmas? Um, that was that was following a, a, a Scrooge type story, where you have a, a head teacher who, you know, really understands and gets the the role, and it's it's you know marvelous. Does all the things that we have been discussing, then goes up down to the fact that the next head teacher comes in and doesn't understand so much and is trying to save money and cuts and cuts. And of course, at the end of that, you you end up with a school that is in special measures and and is looking to raise literacy levels. Um, finally, you know, your final head teacher comes in and and reverses all of it by by re re bringing back the school library. Now that was obviously a hypothetical uh, story, as it were, but but this is what is happening across yes. Scotland and 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 in the UK. Um, you know, Sean, how, you know, what is the, what is the impact? Like we've talked about the impact that a school library and librarian can have um, on, on, a, on young people, but what about when it's no longer there, what does happen? 
Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the impact can, can be huge, uh, you know, without that, without that person who can, you know, not only maintain a, a, a working library and, and have books, you know, we've heard, we, we, we've seen in North Lanarkshire where they, they, they've removed all the school, school library and posts, and, and we've already heard stories about some of the, the, the libraries being, you know, taken apart or, or being repurposed for other, other things, despite, you know, uh, the intentions that that was not to happen. And if if that person is not there to maintain that space, then that that goes, you know, you lose all the the potential events that you could have in that. You know, all those partnerships that, that both both Anne and Dorothy have, have have mentioned just just don't happen. And you know, we've never been in more of a need for um, you know media and information literacy or or any other type of of, of literacy. You can mention that the school librarian supports. You know all those programs that, that a school librarian can run that, that can supplement the, the the work of the teachers. Um, if that just goes, then it's it, it, it's a huge gap. You know, in Scotland, we we have we you know UCAS really recently pointed to a, a growing attainment gap. Your know, literacy rates are are, are are still a challenge, and a key priority in this country is education. But that education loses some of its value or a big part of its value if you don't have school librarians supporting the excellent work that's going on within the teaching staff um, to, to support people's education. Absolutely. Dorothy, can I bring you in? Yes, um, absolutely agree with everything Sean's just said. And it might not surprise you to know that I'm going to go back to the research for a minute here because we actually can lay evidence in front of decision makers about the, what happens when you don't have a school, particularly a school librarian. Um, um, the, some of the research in the States has actually shown and tracked um, drops in attainment and increases in attainment amongst young people in schools where over, uh, uh, over two time periods, they've either lost or gained library staff. So that was quite early evidence that there's actually something really some hard evidence that supports the fact that you need to have that person there. But I think the other just the, the most significant thing that came out of those 35 years of or whatever of research and um, when they actually when those studies that look at attainment compared with school library provision break that school library provision down into the factors that make the difference and to create the positive impact. The one that stands out time and time again, it comes through consistently over that time period, is the presence of professionally qualified staff. Um, having staff at all is helpful, but the presence of the professionally qualified librarian um, and the relative amounts of time you have of a qualified librarian directly correlate with increases in attainment or decreases if you haven't got them. Mm -hmm. um, and, th you know, that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's the presence of this professional post. And it goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. And um, this is a significant post. It is not a um, caretaker role. As it's not even a support role. I, I get a bit irked sometimes when we, mm -hmm. we've all been talking about support for the curriculum. And in my eyes, having seen the evidence, um, the role of the professional school librarian is not a support role. It's a very active development role. It's a development of the learner and the teacher. Teachers are learners too for librarians. And I think that kind of role um, is why it, it it's something that can't necessarily be taken over by anybody else mm -hmm. um and th there is certainly you might say well wh why 
is it the professional role that seems to be important? And again, going back to this, the, the studies, um, all the, the land studies, the Todd studies from the States, the, the big scale studies, hundreds of thousands of kids over that time period involved in these studies, thousands, tens of thousands of schools. And what you find when they look at the evidence is that the, it, the things that the library staff are spending their time on can be related to the, the amount of the improvement in attainment. And the sorts of things that are making a difference are the provision of reading and information literacy programmes, collaborative planning and working with teachers in the mm -hmm. curriculum, regular meetings with senior management, um, providing professional development for teachers. That's the kind of thing that was making a difference in those big statistical studies where into to attainment. And those are not the role of somebody who's coming in just to kind of run a physical entity with, with mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it, these are very much, this is, this is a professional role. And I think, you know, we need to kind of, if you take that person out of the equation, you might be left with a lovely library, a lovely looking library, but it won't have the same impact. If we believe yeah. the research, it won't have the same impact on those young people as, the, as having some kind of professional staffing even absolutely. a part-time professional. Absolutely. I, you know, one of the things that that is my bugbear is that is that many schools believe that having somebody to run the day-to-day -day, um, nature of a school library, you know, um, issuing and returning the books, tidying the shelves, talking to students, um, is, is the professional role. And actually, that is the support staff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we actually need to raise awareness about the role yeah. of the professional librarian and and how we how we you know encompass so much more um can i bring Anne in i so agree with all of that because the school i used to work in eastwood high school when i left a librarian was able to take over but she was only part time because she had to work in another school and unfortunately because of other reasons she really wasn't there very much. Um, and the library was kind of left for, oh, I would say at least two and a half years. The next librarian to come in, again, worked with another school and of course was hit by the pandemic. Um, and I think from what I can make out myself, as I had been told, we didn't realize what a professional school librarian did, though you were here for so many years and until you weren't. Mm. Absolutely. And that yeah. kind of says, oh, doesn't it? And I mean, I work with some people who I would say were incredibly enthusiastic about the school library and what part it played, but um, they didn't really get it. And I think, I think what you're going back to is the fact that there's 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 a need for education and and it, it, i find it really sad that within you know the teaching profession you know the 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 um staff that come through are, are not trained on on what to expect when they they end up in a school and that has a school library and librarian there, there's no expectation and that's really sad because actually at that point every school librarian is having to train every teacher that comes through their exactly. door yes and it, 
it's almost impossible, you know, to, to be able to do that. So, you know, I know that that um, I've talked talked to a few um, teacher trainers and, and they're just not there's no time within the program mm-hmm. these days mm-hmm. to include it. But but something has to change. I'm, you know, I do think Dorothy, you've got your hand up. Have you got you want to come oh, back? Oh, in? sorry. No, no that's no, fine. No. Just wanted to make sure that you didn't want to come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this is really interesting in the fact that, you know, we're talking about the attainment gap and supporting leveling up. But actually, if you remove these specialists, <laughs> how are they, you know, it's almost you're talking about two different ends of the spectrum. Do you know the, the specialists that can support re, uh, leveling up and, and stopping the attainment gap are disappearing? And can I bring you back in? I, I so agree. And I, I never really understood why the authorities who I'm calling on here have have even thought of taking school librarians out of schools because on the whole it is one person who is working within the school um, I would love to say that school librarians are incredibly well paid <laughs> but I, uh, yes well mm, uh, I loved it I've loved my time because it was a job that I could develop and I can still do that today. And I think that's fantastic. And I love working with young people because they are so positive in this difficult world that we live in. They don't have that. You know, when they come into the school library, it's just they want a whole different world and we can give that to them. So I think that's great. Actually, but I think that you've just made a very important point is the fact that we're talking about the small saving that you're going to make by removing a school librarian compared to the actual impact that a school library and librarian can make to the whole school. It just doesn't add up, does it? No, no. Sean, can I bring you back? Can I bring you back in? Yeah, I mean, I actually was was going to say pretty much the same thing. You know, (laughs) as we've talked talked about, you know, the the, the role of the librarian is fundamental to the education process and and to, to lose it is so often actually a small saving mm-hmm. um for you know a short-term budget um process which is going to have a long-term impact and the, the chances mm-hmm. of bringing a school librarian back once once the post is gone is very low and t- so so t- what you lose i mean i think at the moment we've, we've got a few things at play in the budget proposals uh east renfrewshire um are proposing to, to remove their school librarian posts and, and that's being consulted on at the moment i think that that equates to i think i'm right in saying around 0.9 percent of their total expenditure for education it's a tiny amount of only one section of that council budget but as we're talking here the impact will be will be far bigger and i know i mean it's with the caveat that the local government funding picture at the moment is it, it is perilous. It's very, very difficult. And, you know, when we are arguing for, for one thing, we know that the, the money will have to come from somewhere else. And that's a much bigger conversation that has to happen. But the saving, what we hope and what the point we try and get across to councils is the impact, I think, is misunderstood sometimes in the council and even in, within the school of what impact that school librarian can have when you actually map it against the salaries that, that, that you're actually mm-hmm. saving if you if you do remove these posts. Absolutely. And I know that in, in England especially there's there's been a a transition away from professional posts to 
um, non-professional posts, I suppose. Um, and and schools are getting what they imagine school librarians do. So that role of somebody, like I just said before, issuing and returning the books and being there to, to run the library. Um, is there a is there a an opportunity missed in in educating the powers that be in the difference between those two roles, do you think, Sean? Um, yeah, I, 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 I think so. I mean, I think it, I think it's 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 important that we we have have some. You know, there, there, there's different levels of, of of what we see at Celips as, as as being qualified and being being professional. Absolutely. But I think one of the big worries that we've had over the last few years is the gradual deprofessionalisation in mm -hmm. some places, and I think that that is a real concern. It's when we see some of the the proposals at the moment, which are are you know would be removing all posts. You know that that sometimes that's e easier or more straightforward to fight against because it's you know you can usually people can get get you can get support from from people in the area, but that gradual deprofessionalization we've seen in places where you know posts are, are replaced by library assistants that are then asked for lower qualifications, lower salaries. You're instantly devaluing those posts and and, and pushing people out, and certainly it, it's tricky. You know do. I think we do a lot where we are educating the powers that be, but then then council elections come along, new councillors come in, you have to start again with that process. You um, and it is tricky to to get in everybody's ear. And even when you do, sometimes the financial pitch is so difficult. There's, there's still these decisions to be made. But yeah, absolutely, I think we need to 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 even further strengthen our case on on the difference that makes around having people with with you know experience, with training, with with skills, and that because it is so important. It makes a huge difference having having that. Um, whether that be within paid librarians or or within um, whether it's against teachers or pupils taking over, which which is an even worse scenario. Absolutely, and I, you know one of the things I suppose is it, that links to that is the, is the training of of the librarians in post. Um, you know, very often I talk to to school librarians who, you know, they they don't have a, a a CPD budget, or they're trying to take their professional development budget out of their library budget and not the school professional development because it's not expected they they don't have the time away to be able to to professionally develop and actually mm -hmm. you know again a wasted opportunity for those you know eager keen people in libraries that that do want to progress um you know we need to raise awareness of those kind of opportunities to to build the professionalism on the on the people that are in the libraries um to help them gain um more within within the post that they're they're currently sitting in. Um Anne, can I bring you back in? Yeah, I think that this is becoming really a national problem. And it's more, as I say, national because it has to come from the top to realize the importance of school librarians within schools, society, etc. And in order for that to get across, basically, it has to be built into the system. And I, I feel that this is the issue, certainly in the past when I've been um, contacting councillors, they say, for Scotland, basically, we don't get enough money in our block grant to pay for school librarians. If we did, we'd be delighted to have them. 
Mm. So you go to the MPs, well, the MSPs rather, and they say, um, oh, well, it's a matter for local government mm. because you work in local government. Unless you get somebody who is really interested. Um, MPs, obviously down at Westminster, slightly different take, but again, this level of removed, pass the buck to somebody else. So that's why I personally feel, get rid of the idea of passing the buck. Yeah, yeah. Make the sort of statutory requirement for school librarians to start and be seen in their professional capacity. They're there to help everybody within the school community and everybody who uses the school library. Absolutely. If you take them away, there's nobody else who can do the job because nobody else is trained as a professional librarian. Absolutely. Sure. Sean, can I bring you back in? Yeah, I mean that that that's absolutely what we found over the years that 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 kind of passing the buck between between local and, and, and national government is, is something that, that unfortunately school library libraries and libraries are often the casualties of of when it comes to, to budget rounds. I think we have have a an interesting competing narrative in Scotland where you have a very supportive uh, Scottish government of, of, of the concept of libraries and of librarians. And certainly when some of the, the budget proposals were particularly bad in the middle of the 2010s, this led to the, the national strategy for, for school libraries, which has been impactful. It's It's been really taken on brilliantly by school librarians in particular who have embraced it, have come up with, with fantastic ways of mapping their activity to it. It was a really, really strong, strong document that, that did a, a fantastic job. And it was great to see Scotland lead by being the first country in the UK to have a really strong strategy document behind that. And I think, you know, in those years between 2018 and, and now, you know, there has been some reductions in school libraries, but the 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 tide was stemmed some, somewhat. There has been fewer and fewer um, cuts for a number of years. We've also seen some fantastic additional funding going through the School Library Improvement Fund, which has funded some really, really interesting, innovative, fantastic standalone projects. So you've got that funding coming from national government. But the, the difficulty we have now when, when finances have become uh, in choppy waters again, you've now got the situation where you can have all these wonderful funding pots and, and hopefully that will continue. But if you don't have the staff to deliver them, then they're, mm -hmm. they're, they become worthless. Uh, and it shows you just how quickly when budgets become under pressure, suddenly you start seeing a few authorities proposing removing school libraries entirely and how quickly that positive direction of travel influenced by national government can quickly start to just lose momentum because you, you, you've got real major cuts being proposed in places. Uh, so so that, that then just shows you that, that changes at local level can instantly take away a lot of the energy at, that is going mm -hmm. on at national level. So it just shows that you know, ultimately, there's not enough money in the pot, and we need to find a new way of 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 providing funding for for local government that allows them to to fund all these services that they want to, as well as making sure the people that are running local government also understand the value. So that I think there's two things that have to happen, and we can try. We're we're trying to do both as much as as possible um, within that. Absolutely, Dorothy. Can I bring you back in? Yes, it's um, just a point that I wanted to make about the idea of making provision statutory and it also kind of links with something Sean's just said. Um, I think 
and we've talked about this over the years for a long time, it wouldn't it be great if it was a statutory requirement to provide school librarians? And yes, it would be. But again, it depends. Having a statutory requirement on the books, whoever's obligation it is to mm-hmm. provide that, only works if you really understand in the first place what we were talking about earlier, yes. what a school librarian does. I had a I was minded when, when um, we were talking about um, the statutory idea. Um, I w- had the pleasure of being invited to another European country a few years ago, not many years ago. I, I won't say what it is because it may, it's, it's not a particularly great example of what we would hope. They are ahead of us. It is a statutory requirement for all schools to have a school librarian. Mm-hmm. What has happened in practice is that it is often seen as a, a nice little post for a teacher nearing retirement. Mm-hmm. They are attempting to provide some training for the teachers who go into these roles. So they're clearly not getting or haven't targeted professionally qualified librarians. I, I believe they will have some professionally qualified librarians, but I, my impression was, um, and I talked to people at the most senior level in that country, in the education service, that it tends to be teachers who go into that role, often on a part-time basis, and seeing it as something that, that can help them phase in retirement. Mm-hmm. And that is not what no. we would want. No. <laughs> so yes, having a statutory requirement to have school librarians is potentially quite important, but it's back to what we were saying earlier, educating the people Mm -hmm. who are making those decisions and laws and policies of what we mean by a good professional school librarian. Mm Absolutely. And that makes such a difference, doesn't it? Now, when, uh, you know, we've, we've touched on um, the, the national strategy for school libraries in Scotland um, and I personally was very excited when I saw the launch of it and 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 was really, you know, this is the way to go, which is great. But, uh, you know, as Sean said, things have changed slightly. Um, so can we talk about maybe what the previous campaigns and research carried out in Scotland ha- have been? Um, I don't know. Personally, I don't know too much about about the specific campaigns that have gone in, on in Scotland. I know when the Great School Libraries campaign, which we'll talk about with Anne in a minute, um, was raised, the survey didn't include Scotland, but I was led to believe that that had something to do with Scotland had already done their their piece of research. Yeah, Sean, can you tell me a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, on, on that particular point around, around that, yeah, um, our, our colleagues at Scottish Library and Information Council, uh, you know, as part of their process of... of facilitating it and, and, and along with Scottish government colleagues uh, leading on the strategy, we're doing a lot of similar surveying and mapping around Scots, uh, school libraries in Scotland. So at that point, you know, that was already going on, but I think, you know, going forward, it, it'll be good to, to continue to to do that as collectively as possible or, or, or work, work across, across the, the partners. Uh, in terms of our, our our campaigning, yeah, I think in in around 2013, uh, you know, around the same time as we had that fantastic research um, from Dorothy that, and our colleagues that we, we were able to, to to use as an advocacy point of view, 
we had a, a, a strategy group that started to push for, for more value to be placed in school libraries for more, more, more support and, and more awareness. Uh, that led to a campaign separate from us, uh, led by a former school librarian of the year, uh, Duncan Wright, who, who was one of our, our trustees at the time, who ran a Save Scotland School Libraries campaign. This all kind of gathered momentum. There was a petition that, that went into the Scottish government and, and then we, we managed to, to meet with the, the Deputy First Minister. And that all, all just felt like a really good time for being able to get that message heard because obviously there was challenges around attainment, there still are, but the, the Scottish Government were really keen to listen at that time and, and hopefully still are um, around the difference that school libraries can make. Um, so yeah, so, so that then, then that, that various different campaigns, both, both by us and individuals working in school libraries or supporting them um, created a good momentum that, that led to the, the, the launch of, of the strategy. And I think that's, that's what, what's been very impressive about that is it's brought together colleagues from, from, from education and, 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 you know, COSLA, the, the local authorities, um, cooperative of, of, of local authorities, they uh, are all been around that table. So there's been that education point of view where we've been able to get that message across. So that campaigning has led to tangible difference in terms of raising that awareness. Um, although, as, as you've mentioned and alluded to, yeah, these, these things are, are in middle of the East Renfrewshire and, and, and other places are, are changing changing at the moment but yeah so so this um national strategy was due to finish in 2023 do you think that there's a there's there's something to come from it that it hasn't you know there has obviously some very positives but going forward in scotland obviously with the difficulties of school uh, councils getting rid of school librarians is there you know you have do you still have people sitting around the table i think is the question yeah, yeah. I mean, as with all these things, it's you know the the, the pandemic happened and 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 you know it, it made it harder to sit around in physical tables. But there was still 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 meetings been going on, and now there's there's a plan to talk. We, there's definitely going to be a continuation in some form um, for 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 that, hopefully, and that that's being discussed at the moment. Uh, what what happens next, though, is I think we are we as Sillips will be advocating for for more than that. You know, strategy. Let's continue it on if we can. If there's support for that. But I think we also need to to be uh, have even more clarity about the need for some form of statutory service that, that people mm -hmm. need to have access. I know the financial pictures almost make it impossible for every school to have a librarian, even though we will ask for that and we would want to see that. You know, we have to be a bit pragmatic about it, but every people should have access to a school librarian in, in, in some some format. So we need to push that. Well, at the time when we were pushing for, for a strategy or standards before, before it, it came out, the message that we got from the Scottish government was, we don't want to to set out uh, an, um, something else that the schools will need to ring fence at the moment. But we may, you know, it may it may be something we've discussed further down the line. I think now we're at a point we need to discuss that. That needs to be on the agenda. So, yeah, hopefully the strategy continues, and we will certainly be pushing for it to continue. And I think there is a willingness within the Scottish government for that. Hopefully, without being able to speak for them, them absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we're also going to be pushing for more than that, whether that be over and above the strategy, because I think it's important that that's understood. Because we can't, you know, in some areas, you can't have a whole profession being wiped out just like that over a couple of months of a quick budget consultation, and it's gone. That can't be right, and that has to it has to be something we've always been fighting against. But we're, I think we need to put the foot down on it even more and try and try and push for that. And one of the things to point out, I suppose, at this point, is the fact that it's it's the students that are suffering the most, and usually in the areas where 
you know, we talk about school libraries not being available in areas of deprivation. I think mm-hmm. one of the great school libraries um, survey results came back saying that that it was those areas that that had you know students had least opportunity to to access books and reading from school. And actually, these are the children that have no access. Uh, in you know at home or they they've got no internet access you know so so removing school librarians across the board is really impacting on those students in particular Dorothy can I bring you back in yes no just a very brief mention I'm going in my mind I keep going back to the evidence um, Mm -hmm. and we've had evidence for some years albeit unfortunately not from the UK because we haven't just these kind of studies haven't been done here but there is evidence from the states of um, the impact of school libraries on areas of deprivation. Um, there was um, an interesting study, uh, certainly way back way back in 2011 in Pennsylvania, they were tracking in, um, the greater advantage benefits to particularly to young people living in areas of deprivation um, from having a school library. They were proportionately benefiting more than others but in Washington in 2015 I think it was I'm looking at a note here let me read let me read this statement out to you because it appears in um it's uh, it, this is actually quoted as um as Keith Curry Lance reported it in one of his documents one key factor distinguishing high-performing, high-poverty schools. That type mm-hmm. of phrase is used to describe schools in areas of mm-hmm. deprivation. So one key factor distinguishing high-performing, high-poverty schools from low-performing, high-poverty schools is the quality of the school library provision. Wow. And that's yeah, a, just a big study, thousands and thousands of kids achievements being looked at so so there is evidence in some of these studies about the particular impact on things like areas of deprivation young people coming from you know less well-off backgrounds are are potentially needing their libraries more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is possible to provide that but those words um the quality of the school library provision are important it's it's mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. oh let's put money into some books on a shelf or whatever mm-hmm. we're talking Absolutely. about good quality provision yeah it, it, yeah it... yes we need to put that in front of somebody and <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about the great school libraries campaign i was involved in the first phase um so can you just sort of fill us in with with what is currently you know what the campaign is about and what it's hoping to achieve well, Elizabeth, the, the campaign's kind of carrying on, including the items that we they, we did in phase one, the sort of collection of superb work done by school librarians. But it's also looking at the managerial side of that. Um, the I guess coming back to the whole professionalism aspect of the post. Uh, And what we're trying to collect is up-to-date data about, again, how many, basically, professional school librarians are working in the UK, in all the devolved nations as well as England, and their level of success. 
there's going to be in March uh, a launch of phase two, and that's actually going to be down at the House of Commons. Um, so that will herald what we've got going. Um, each member on the committee that I'm on has been asked to uh, take part and do a number of things if you possibly can. Um, and one was creating a letter for MPs, MSPs. And so I kind of went off piece a bit and developed that. And um, I feel I've had a great deal of backing on that. I think people who are more aware of the power of school libraries now realize, as Sean said, sadly, if we, if we go on the way we are in Scotland, we're not gonna have any school libraries in the comprehensive sector, unless they're run probably by non-professional staff. Um, it's, I feel per se it's going to show the difference between the independent. So those who have money, and those who don't, and um, I can't see that that, I don't feel that's right, but that's what I see is happening. And all I can do here in Scotland is keep coming back to illustrating what the campaign can show from the work that we've had commissioned and other work that we have been looking at since the campaign has begun. We're really concentrating more on management in this section because in phase one, with the pandemic, it was very difficult to focus on that. It was great, a great time to get illustrations of good practice and get them onto the campaign website um, because it, it really was possible to do that and people were pleased to give time in that way. But now we're trying to open it out a bit more and to encourage views from other educational professionals, especially head teachers, Absolutely. about why they have to really push school libraries if they want them to be there. The positives, Richard Gerber has been so active in this right, and, and I, I'm hoping, and I think that will continue, but again, it's sort of a drip, drip, drip policy. Um, yeah. It's about getting the right people around the table again, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's, it, it is sort of making such a difference. I, I want to, to, to begin to bring this conversation to a close. So if we, if, you know, one of the, one of the conversations that has, or one of the things that keeps coming up within this conversation is about budgets. So how can we, um, financially discourage the deletion of school librarians and the services they provide if if the budget doesn't allow it it just you know the two don't seem to marry easily and you've got your hand up John. there talk? seems to be i i really think there could be a level of ring fencing here i mean it seems quite easy to ring fence other people why not ring fence professional school librarians here in Scotland, there's a lot of talk, obviously, about teacher strikes. I've known quite a lot of parents who've, who've had issues because they run businesses. And again, it's like it was in the pandemic, you know, and well, we've got the kids at home. Well, now there's more 
talk here about how the SNP are going to discourage teacher strikes by meeting so many more of the teachers' needs. Well, as we said, teachers are professionals. They work in schools. Librarians are professionals. They work in schools. They both have this amazing role. They should both be up there and, as I say, ring-fenced in such a way that they cannot have their jobs deleted. Absolutely. That's really how I feel about it. Thank you. And can I bring Sean in? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think we, we do need to have some, some form of protection. Uh, and that protection will come if, if like we've said earlier, if people understand the, the value and, and the impact of, of, of school librarians. So I think we still, we need to, to, to keep, you know, being as as, as uh, active as we can and getting that, that evidence mm -hmm. in front of people. I think we need to consider how we can get even more research in, in Scotland in Scotland done. You know, we, we from CELIPS, uh, you know, I need to think about how we can empower others to, to, to do more research in that. So that we can have an even stronger case, as well as as leaning on on the amazing research that that's, that's gone on 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 globally, um, and, and we need to just just get get that 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 message across. We also need. Uh, what what makes a real difference? Uh, we can we can talk about it for as long as long as we like at, at Sillips and, and and we'll be willing to to do so to anyone who wants to listen. But we need to get as many parents and pupils active and supportive of school libraries as possible when it's happening in the area. It does it it does happen in many places, but sometimes I think you know I, I think there's not always that awareness within parents um, of the direct impact that ha not having the school library will have on the pupils' education, and that requires more awareness to be raised either via the media or via other channels and that's something we are always trying to do but I think you know very, there's very little as powerful as lobbying from parents when it comes to, to, to school provision uh, and I think that anything we can do to encourage that awareness and, and activism within the parents groups as well as ourselves um, would be helpful. Absolutely and, and regularly you know I, I say you know when, when you can you know you write you know, as often as I do about about the role of the school librarian and, and try to advocate for the role, it's far more um, impactful if it comes from somebody who's a teacher or an educationalist or somebody else because it's not a librarian talking about how important librarians are. It's it's that next level, and that's you know you know one of the better ways to support school librarians going forward. I think. Anne, can I bring you back in? I think. Um... Though I agree with what you're saying, Elizabeth, I think librarians on the whole find it very difficult to advocate for their own jobs. Yeah. And that's a major issue. Um, before I left East Renfrewshire Council, I spoke to basically the PTA. And I was really pleased that I had that opportunity to do that. Um, I think... That came about because I had a great deal of support in the school. Yeah. I don't know how many other people would get that. I wouldn't say I'm a particularly pushy person, but I've been told by lots of people that I constantly go on about school librarianship. But as you say, Elizabeth, the happiest time I get is when a pupil who I've known comes back to me and said, you've made a difference to my life. Absolutely. I mean, it really, you know, I, I just feel that everything is worth it. Absolutely. And 
to see people moving forward in a positive way. So I say, please, please tell anybody, anybody. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily for me, it's just to keep it going out there for the, the professionals yet to come. If you absolutely. like, absolutely. If we don't speak now, then then what is the profession going to look like in twenty years' mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask one final question, but before I do, I'm going to take the opportunity to do a little bit of promotion um, and talk about the fact that I provide membership to any schools who are looking for ways to boost independent learning, literacy, and well-being through your school library. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure how to make this happen, my membership program offers training and support for school librarians and teachers and creates the opportunity to engage across the curriculum. You will be able to find more information in the link in the show notes below. So finally, what is your final message for those who are considering the closure of school libraries? I will start with, I will start with Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, my message would be one that just follows on, I hope follows on logically from everything we've talked about. Um, if anybody is thinking about closing closing down posts, um, it's not the school library that really makes a difference to young people's lives. It's the school librarian. And the, all the evidence we have tells us that, that is the case. Um, it, it, it's... Uh, w- it's not to say, and we we know again we've got the evidence that having the physical entity isn't helpful. Um, we know that having a, a variety of good resources flexibly accessed and um, using the technology to allow teachers and pupils to access flexibly, all of these things do make a difference. Um, we know that the provision of programs and and introductions for teachers to new resources all makes a difference. But the single key factor we keep coming back to because it's there in plain sight in the evidence is that it's the presence of a professionally qualified librarian. Um, So that would be my message. It's not the library that makes the real difference. It's the school librarian. Thanks, Dorothy. Anne, can I ask you the same question? Yes, it kind of links on to Dorothy's. If you want education to grow, develop and progress, make sure the multifunctional school librarian is at the heart of every school. Thank you. And Sean? Yeah, wonderfully put um, by by, by, um, both of of my fellow guests. Uh, Yeah, I think that uh, my message, you know, in the short term has to be that the the local councils that, you know, are are removing posts such as as Midlothian or East Renfrewshire are proposing to, or where deprofessionalisation may be happening in places like proposals we've seen in Inverclyde, please reverse these now, don't take these forward, uh, realise the long-term damage it's going to have on pupils' education um, for, for a, a relatively small saving. Please come and speak to us. We've got the evidence, uh, others have evidence as well that, that can, can show you why why that, that would be uh, an incorrect decision. Um, but ultimately, longer term, we also need to have an overhaul of how school libraries, public libraries, the whole system is funded and we, we need mm-hmm. people to look at that, the whole picture and I, I, and think about what kind of country we, we want we want to live in and what, what role school libraries can play within that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, change these short-term decisions before it's too late. Thank you. 
So thanks for joining me today, Sean, Dorothy and Anne. It's been Thank really you. interesting to chat with you. I hope that we've managed to get some people thinking about the essential role of their school library and librarian within the educational process across the curriculum. Every child deserves equal opportunities, and this is why we must do all we can to ensure school libraries and librarians are part of every school going forward. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and so you don't miss out on further, further uh, discussions. Thanks for listening and good morning. Thank you.